Welcome to the same Drugs with Megan Murphy. I'm Megan Murphy. Today on the show we have a very special guest, Kelly J. Keen Minshall, who I and pretty much everyone else we know calls Posey Parker, a British women's rights campaigner and YouTuber, uh, also the woman behind the famed dictionary definition of woman. Hi! Hi! <laughs> How are you? Thank you for coming on my show. You're very welcome. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. How are you coping with the lockdowns and everything? I, I'm quite enjoying it. It's, um, there's loads of upsides. I mean, my, one of my children has got their first ever girlfriend, so it's a bit crap for him. But for the rest of us, it's, it's not a terrible thing. You know, there are worse things happening in the world. My husband's job is quite good. He's working from home, so it's it's fine. Yeah, I feel like I've been kind of enjoying it too, I guess. I go like back and forth in terms of my moods, but some days, at, well, actually most days at some point in the day, I feel like almost like elated. Like I feel like it's <laughs> liberating to not, I mean, I, I spend so much time socializing and like, you know, like just the, the, the fact that I can't socialize and I have to stay at home and do home things is like kind of good for me in a lot of ways. <laughs> so. It's weird. Isn't it weird though? Because, um, I did a live thing earlier and I, I was just thinking actually where I live. So what I've witnessed in my local community, the physical social distancing is making people more sociable. So when people go out, they're more smiley. People have to interact and communicate if you have to avoid each other by two meters. So you'll see, you'll see like burly blokes that might be regular friendly guys. I have no idea, but you'll see them go like hop off a pavement and just do a, like, <laughs> you know, all this nice little interaction. And people are sort of after you, and it's really weird. Social physical social distancing is making loads of people more sociable that's interesting yeah I mean I guess I've noticed in Vancouver like I find it quite pleasant because so I go out for walks every day with my dog um and I luckily like yeah I mean I can walk in a sort of rural area by parks and stuff so it's not crowded but everyone who's walking around there everyone's so polite to each other like you say like people just like people will wa go walk in the middle of the street or just cross the street like we're mm. all sort of paying attention to one another and being very mm. and like and yeah smiling and like I don't I mean I've 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 heard people say like everyone's being so mean and they're glaring at each other and I've not witnessed that at all so I kind of think they're making it up but <laughs> I they definitely are just absolute liars barefaced yeah. liars <laughs> it's never happened to me so it can't be true <laughs> it's true <laughs> anecdotal nonsense lies <laughs> they're just trying to make themselves contrary and different but I, mean, I just even the smiley I think it's the novel element of it the fact that people it's brand new so people don't really know what they're doing and so it's it's that all like oh we're all oh we're doing something new aren't we? It's a bit like that when you first when you first have kids and you go to the first parents evening and nobody really knows where to sit or you know whatever brand new thing that you're doing that most people recognise is also brand new for them. I think it's it's all that sort of it's nice. What can I say? It's nice. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm I'm doing okay. I mean, I wonder if you have any like COVID hot takes. Like, where do you think this is all gonna go? Do you think it will have any positive impact? Or I mean, obviously there are negative impacts, but I mean, have you thought about what the outcome could or should be in terms of? Well, I'm, I'm irritatingly Mrs. Silver Lining, so. Clearly, I mean, I've got my one of my parents has uh, COPD, so they've had to self-isolate. They'll be at least twelve weeks. They really can't go out of their house, and so I'm not unfamiliar with the grave risk that this pandemic sort of proposes at all. However, that aside, because there's nothing I can do to control that, so I need to focus on the stuff that will be great. I think it may be an end to woke culture. I think that's one good thing. I think it will reset what's important in education. And uh, I don't know what it will do to the police, but I think in the short term for us in the UK, I think it may give the police a bit of a wake-up call and justice. And just generally, when you're faced with when you slip down the Maslow's hierarchy of needs a little bit as a society, when you slip back down, I don't think you can fail to be reminded about what is genuinely important. And it's not all the frivolous stuff that came from this sort of luxurious bounty that we were inhabiting, where people could afford to think from morning, you know, morning, noon and night just about themselves and their own sort of next five minutes of happiness. So I think it will have a, a dramatic, I hope it will have a dramatic impact on our priorities. And how do you think it's all been handled in the UK? Well, I'm quite happy. I think Boris Johnson showed himself to be the leader that we needed. I mean, clearly he's unwell, but recovering. Uh, but he does have this statesman-like quality. And it's bizarre because I know, even though I, I, I trust the man with, with this response, but I know that he's been found to be a liar, you know, really blatantly been found to be a liar and quite a, a devious man. But he's also extraordinarily charismatic. And I felt that the country was quite safe in his hands. Um, you know, he was rather blasé with the handshaking in hospitals and... Clearly, he caught it, so he can't have been following the social distancing advice to the letter. Um, but I don't know. We don't know whether or not we've made a, a good decision on this until about, what, 20 years? When we've either suffered one of the worst recessions that we've known or not. Um, so I don't know. But it's going to change the way we work as well. So I think a lot of people... And now we're working remotely in businesses that perhaps thought they couldn't have people working remotely. So that may have a really positive impact on working patterns and life work balance as well. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we'll be able to shift the way that we do things in, in a good way. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's negatives. I'm pretty worried about small businesses and obviously people who've lost their jobs, people who are working in the service industry and things like that. Um, I, I wonder, I mean, <laughs> what's been, is, is there anything that's been irritating you particularly about people's response? I mean, you 
despite being kicked off of Twitter and despite attempts to have you kicked off Facebook, I think several times, you're still <laughs> out there on social media and observing what people are saying and what people are doing. Well, there's the extreme. So there's the people that think it's a 5G Chinese conspiracy and that it's the rollout of chemtrails uh, and 5G and stuff. I find them less irritating than the people that talk very harshly about civil liberties as if any measure to stop this pandemic is some affront to our civil liberties. And it's all just a way of stopping us from going out through the back door. I find that quite irritating. I find any gleefulness about people being unwell who you disagree with politically, I just find it, it's just quite mean. And I just, I don't really, oh, I don't know. I'm probably a raging hypocrite. I've probably said things very similar to, to that in the past. <laughs> um, but I don't remember. So I don't think I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> so some of those more mean things I find interesting because we are in a proper like everyone's at risk. There's no one that's untouchable. Everyone is going to be one or two degrees of separation from a really catastrophic event in somebody's life. And to then be frivolous with wishing that upon someone else, I, I think is quite odd. Yeah, and I mean, that's all virtue signaling to me. I don't think those people, I mean, maybe they do, but I, I, I can't relate to hating someone that deeply just because I disagree it would be more likely that I would not respect that person mm. you know if they were making shitty arguments you know like I I've also been irritated by the people who are you know posting online or saying that um this is you know it's one thing to say you're worried about civil liberties you know Brendan O'Neill has expressed those concerns but it's another to say that this is a plot you know some kind of <laughs> conspiracy to take mm -hmm. away our civil liberties and instill a police state and that the government's in on it and the media is in on it and this is all blown mm -hmm. out of proportion and they're lying about numbers and of deaths and um you know i i just think the the people who who will express express glee about those who are infected are short sighted first of all because like you say this that impacts all of us it doesn't just impact mm -hmm. that person um, but I think that's just bragging about they're so politically pure right that they yeah. want somebody they disagree with to die <laughs> so it's so bad I, I think what's been nice though is some lefties that have talked very. You know, some of the woke people that have annoyed me, um, like Billy Bragg is one of them who's like a folk singer. He's quite an iconic character in the UK. And he just came out with, you know, I disagree with Boris, but I really wish him the best. And I just thought that's exactly the sort of thing that, that is a standout, just perfect thing to say. That's what we all should be saying. You know, maybe not even, maybe you don't even have to preface it. I don't think anybody thinks a lefty folk singer who's sort of almost, pr practically a socialist is going to agree with Boris. But um, yeah, it's, it's that, that sort of stuff that's been irritating. But all of it's so frivolous, isn't it? It just. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I just, I, I guess, I, I mean, it's it's the same old thing. People love a hot take. People want likes. People want retreats. So people say kind of contrarian things or things mm. that they think sound radical or very political, often that are void of any real meaning <laughs> um, to get attention. <laughs> yeah. um, I wonder, so, I mean, obviously you're, I want to talk more about you. Um, oh, not thanks. just COVID. That's not the only thing that we're here to talk about. You, like, you've obviously been quite controversial, but in various ways. So you're, you know, you've been very controversial over your opinions that women are adult human females. Actually <laughs> controversial. I put it on my wall. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a shocking thing to see. Um, <laughs> but there's, you've also been controversial in feminism... Mm-hmm. On the left, um, it's not just trans activists who've gone after you. Um, why do you think that is? Why are you so controversial in so many different circles? I've, I've thought about this a lot. Um, and I try and do it from a, from a not a self-centered me point of view, but just from a holistic, like, what is that? What is that that makes people, women, so cross about an individual? And I, I don't think I've come up with an answer, but I sort of think some of the things are, I, I won't kowtow, I won't toe the line, I won't do as I'm told, I won't have the right sort of um, respect and blindness to people who occupy certain positions within feminism. Uh, and I just won't. I just won't do as I'm told because I think it's. Uh, I'm not going to fight against against a certain type of oppression to then fall into another one. That would be ridiculous. And uh, there's something mean about a lot of the stuff that has happened to me, uh, in a way that it can't be good for anybody in those sort of little situations that I've been in, even though often victim is a, is a word that simply means that I've been the one attacked. I, I've never felt like a victim or a victim of these women because that's just not a position I, I would ever occupy. Um, and that also, <laughs> that also annoys them because I've, I've spoken up and I've said that women, we do have a choice um, in, our personal environments, we do actually have a choice. And I think the more responsible thing to do, which is what women did 50 years ago, is the idea that part of how you're treated is your own responsibility. Now, what I mean by that is we should be empowering women to recognize the very early signs of abuse. And I would say, if we empower women to not mind not being liked, not mind not going with the crowd and all those things that women are socialized to do, then I think they have a more of a fighting chance of escaping an abuser. Now that apparently is, is what we call victim blaming, but I don't see it like that. I see it as providing people with tools in order to escape something that is not inevitable. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with you in some ways. I think that, I mean, abuse can be complex and part of that has to do with the cycle of abuse. So if you grow up being accustomed to abuse and that's normal, you know, your, your father behaved in that way towards you, you're going to be so psychologically messed up that you're going to, you know, this is going to sound like victim blaming too. So I guess we're just a bunch of victim blamers, (laughs) but you know, you're going to be drawn towards people like that. Because that's what you right. think love is, and that's what you think is normal, and you think that's acceptable. And, you know, beyond that, you're you're not going to see the red flags, because you're not going to no. say, like, that's kind of weird behavior. <laughs> like, this is not because, the way I should be Because you're going to be treated. primed. But you're also, in those situations, you're going to be primed to fall prey to the, the overloading of... Um, <laughs> you know, the the red flag behavior where you're overloaded with love because you're so desperate for it. And so when somebody, so that's what I'm talking about. And I also don't think it's inevitable that if you were a victim of abuse or violence in your childhood, that you will be victims of that as an adult. Also part to play in that is your personality type, uh, the sort of friendship that you, that you make, um, you know, there's, there's such a wide range of things, but I think it's, I think you can both have the, um, uh, it's too late for me. I'm, I can't think of words. Oh, I think you can, uh, it's fine. Um, I think you can, you can both try to empower women to avoid those situations and to recognize the, the warning signs and still support women who can't recognize the warning, warning signs and still at the beginning and end of it all, blame the abuser for the abuse. And not, and not the women yeah. at all. Because even if they fall victim to something like that, they're still not responsible for the abhorrent way that somebody chooses to treat them. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a difference between um, thinking that you can choose and being told that you can choose and actually that your life isn't about accepting whatever comes towards you because you owe somebody who gives you affection, you owe them something. Um, and I can't remember what I was saying. So <laughs> that happens to me constantly. Um, <laughs> I'm like, why does my brain not work properly? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess, would you say that a kind of victim mentality hurts women like this idea that women are I I don't want to put words in your mouth I mean I kind of think this um that and I've only been thinking about this recently to be honest you know probably within the past year or so Mm. um this idea that oppression either ensures that we're all victims um or is an excuse Um, either Mm -hmm. for bad behavior, you know, I've seen a lot of women online make excuses for other women who behave in really abusive ways. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not equating bullying behavior on the internet with violence, but it's still abusive behavior, you know, verbal Mm -hmm. abuse, um, uh, 
certainly it's really grotesque, cruel behavior that's absolutely uncalled for. Um, but, you know, women will make excuses and say it's internalized misogyny, which I, I hate. I hate that when people say that. Um, uh, and that, you know, women have been so abused and so oppressed that this is how they lash out, which is... That, that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't seem rational to me. Because if we're going to say that, then why wouldn't we say, oh, well, a man who's behaving in an abusive way, he was abused when he was a kid. So, you know, yeah. he can't help it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I definitely think that there's a funny thing that goes on, right? We sort of, ex I listen to this thing. Um, I watch this conversation play out where some radical feminists um, who, a couple were political lesbians, uh, parents, one was a mother, and she was talking about, I hate all men. That includes your uncle, your father, your husband. I hate them all. They're all disgusting. And then I was like, don't you have a son? And she had like a six-year-old. And I said, well, when does he get to be hated then? When's it okay to hate him? And she was like, I just hate all men. And I said, well, you either believe that feminism has a point and there's something that we can solve, which is, which is that men are born into and created as oppressors the same way as women are born into and created as the oppressed. And if you think that that isn't an inevitable thing and, and feminism can change it, then I don't really understand what your point is about hating all men because surely the odds are that there are some men that have escaped the particular oppression and they don't behave in that way, the same as some women aren't victims. And she she couldn't really see it. But I just think with the, the whole victim thing, we used to see obstacles and we used to work out how to push through them. And now it's almost like women see obstacles and we just have to stop and whine about the bloody obstacles. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I feel similarly is that we've become a lot less focused on solutions, policy mm. change, you know, what we can do to make a difference. And we've gotten stuck in the analyzing of the system. Um, and we've done a really good job of analyzing the system. So I think that we could probably move forward a little bit. Um, I, I, I feel bad because I feel like these days I spend a lot of time criticizing feminism but it's just because I've been enmeshed in feminism for mm. so long you know my entire well almost my entire adult life <clears throat> and I've just started to see things in feminism in a different way and in a way that I don't like so I you know I I should also say you know that I think feminism is incredible and is you know one of the most important political movements in all of history, if not the most important, to be mm. honest. Um, but the, you know, the I, I mean, one of the things, the way that I see, I was interested in your answer when I asked you about why you thought that you were so controversial and why, you know, women in feminism don't like you or pick on you or whatever um they really really don't like me though do they they don't just a little bit not like there's loads of them well, people, really, really people don't me. like me because i like you that's how much they don't like you <laughs> but don't i mean if i was if i was a really aggressive 
um, nasty, bitchy, horrid woman that went around slagging everybody off, criticizing everybody and doing all those things, I'd get it. And I'd, I'd get it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Marmite person because I do give everybody a big dose of who I am. So there's a lot to like or dislike. And a lot of people that like me don't really like me for who I actually am. They, they like me for who they think I am. And that says more about them than me. But the way, the way that some people feel about me, I think is, is odd. I think it's more symptomatic that people need people gathered together around just hating someone. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think that people in general, you know, obviously we see this online, the social justice warriors, the mm. progressives, whatever you want to call them. Um they seem more bonded over who they hate than over what they want. <laughs> you know, what they want to change. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, no, our politics are just about hating this guy. <laughs> well, I will bring out what I what I've seemed to do to even the most kind of staunch feminist is I bring out the most anti-feminist behavior. So I will bring out somebody talking about my looks, talking about my husband, talking about the fact that saying like quite repulsive things about what I must be doing because I'm such a uh, dick panderer. Um, You know, just loads of, (laughs) loads of really sort of things that you shouldn't equate with, things that people shouldn't be saying at all anyway because it's quite misogynist. But I bring out all of that stuff. It's, It's intriguing. Yeah, I mean, the gossiping, I don't know if they, they do this to you too, but they do this to me, is they gossip about my sex life, and they gossip about who I'm dating, and they talk about me being too flirtatious, and they talk about me just liking men, and I'm like, but I do like men, you know, <laughs> um, and that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, I've been called a dick panderer and, and all of that stuff also. Um, I you find it interesting, though. I find it really... I mean, it, I don't even, I don't even care because most of the people that talk about me like that, I, I have no respect for, and I don't like anyway. It's not like I'm doing anything that I've ever done for them, but I just think that they reveal themselves somewhat when they, when they attack me in that way. Um, and also, there's this, there's, there is a thing that about you can't be, you can't really care about women and women's rights if you also want to have sex with men yeah well that's yes okay this i'm glad you brought that up actually because that's a thing that's said all the time i see this constantly i always have which is that heterosexual women can't be trusted it's actually actually i don't even see the heterosexual term there but i think that mostly they're probably referring to heterosexual i do sometimes sometimes people just say you know other women are shitty I, th- I think these people are shitty, but other women are shitty and you can't trust women because women are always pandering to men. And they say that's either because women need men because men have more power in the world, they have more money, um, they have more status. So we're, women are constantly attached to men and needing mm. them for survival and pandering to them. So no woman can be trusted because they're always going to choose men over women, which is not true and is totally cynical. You know, like, I've stuck by women countless times and stuck by my friends countless times. Unless I think that those women are wrong and I think that the man is right and then I'll stick with him. Mm. Um, But, you know, and, and then, of course, 
the idea that if you're partnered with a man, if you sleep with men, if you're married to a man, sometimes even if you have a son, you just, you can't possibly be rational because your brain is clouded by this man love. Well, mine's quite clouded. <laughs> it's my man love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I that. I, I'm, I'm quite besotted with my husband, so I've been with him a really long time, like 22 years. And I've, I, you know, it, the way that men have treated me in my adult life uh, has not been even close to the nastiness that I've received from women in the last couple of years. Um, and I, I just think, look, human race and you're not even allowed to say this so i'm just going to say it because i'm so everyone's fallen at me so badly i might as well just say it the human race requires heterosexuality and otherwise we don't have a human race unless we think that people should procreate with all in sort of um vials and have implanted uh fetuses which I'm not really keen on any of uh, interventions when it comes to pregnancy. I don't agree with surrogacy. I think actually we're we're quite heavily populated. Um, I've certainly helped that with for having four, <laughs> four children. But um, yeah, I, I'm not really good about women having to take heaps and heaps of drugs in order to, to uh, be fertile enough to have a baby. I think that's going to come and bite us on the ass because... It's just not good for bodies. I don't think that gay couples should <laughs> have surrogates of like renting poor women's wombs. Um, so we do need heterosexual couples in order to populate the earth and continue the species. And when you say that, people sort of assume that you're a homophobe. But, you know, even talking about the fact that children have a right to know both of their biological parents which I do fundamentally think because there's this human desire. Um, I know people in their 60s who didn't know who their fathers were, who it, it weighs on their shoulders very, very heavily. And so I think babies have, I don't think that means that lesbian women can't raise children. Um, but it does mean that if lesbian women want to raise children as a couple, then that child still needs to have access to their actual dad. Um, that also gets me in a lot of trouble because that's a very easy thing to then say, well, she's homophobic. She doesn't think lesbian women should have children. And the point is lesbian women can't have children unless there's a man somewhere along the line providing the sperm. So it's not a case of shouldn't, it's can't. Uh, and so we need to have a modern way of, of sorting that out that centers the child because it's not a person's right to have children where that child isn't the most important thing in that bloody scenario. Yeah, I mean, it's true that... <clears throat> it's true that a lot of people seem to think that having a child is a right, which I think mm. is ridiculous in a lot of ways because if you can't have a baby, you can't have a baby. It's not your fault. It's just that some people can't um, biologically. And mm. also, that's not, like, 
you that's you caring more about yourself than the child as you say you know yeah. you're not entitled to a child um the no. child is the important thing so you know if your child's going to have a terrible life then maybe you should think about not having a child um mm. it's not just about you it's not just about you feeling whatever fulfilling whatever need you have or whatever you know maybe it's your nature maybe it's inherent maybe it's something else maybe it's social maybe you um, feel like you will be a failure as a woman um, or people won't value you or respect you as a woman if you don't have a baby or you feel that you're yeah. you're scared of dying alone um, or you want something to do because you're boring. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the parent thing is interesting, isn't it, for women, unlike men. So you're, you risk being having no value if you don't have children and you risk having no value if you have children yeah you know either way you're either unimportant because you've popped out some babies and so you're just a mother or you're unimportant because you couldn't even be asked to have kids and you haven't fulfilled your role on this earth as a as a mother you're yeah fucked either way basically if you're female yeah, it's really interesting because I think that mothers are are treated very badly and and disrespected, and mm. you know you sort of you become invisible either way. Um, I think you get rewarded for becoming a mother in some ways, but then also you get zero respect and you get very little mm. help from society um, and from the state. Um, and then, yeah, if you if you don't have a kid. Like, I mean, I, I don't have kids, so I, I experience this. You're, you're sort of treated as irrelevant in some ways, um, if only kind of by proxy, which is that I see a lot of women who have kids... Uh, women, some women who have kids think that they're more important than women who don't have kids. So they they have more value in the world and their lives are more important than your life um, because you didn't have children. And that's the most important thing that you can do in your life and in the world. And of course, having children is very important to our population, <laughs> to the world, but it's not the only thing. And if women choose not to have kids, I mean, I think that they're just as important and, and as relevant as, as yeah. women who do have kids. You've got to be a bit of a dick if you manage to convey that message to somebody though, that you don't think they're as important However, <laughs> there is something weird that goes on that puts you behind the importance of your children when you have children. So it is something really crazy weird. So maybe that message is because when you have children and they become more important than yourself, which they do, and, and, and of course they should, otherwise why are you having them? But I wonder whether that that then subconsciously makes you think that all women then take a step back because, you know, and it's it's not necessarily, a, well, I stretched my vagina and I pushed out a baby <laughs> and I've got all my magic genes over there, aren't I amazing? might not be that. It just might be because you've taken this second position in your own life just by having a someone more important and maybe that's what is conveyed and some people are just assholes and they probably do feel more important but 
I wonder if that's a something that happened. Yeah, that that sounds reasonable and rational. That could be it. Um, I mean, I guess I think I think that the way that we talk about families, um, you know, the way the the government and politicians talk about families and the media talk about families sort of has something to do with it because the the non families are forgotten in that narrative. Um, but I mean, that probably has something to do with our social isolation also and our lack of community and the fact that we're not mm-hmm. all connected and sort of working together. And so we're separated into our little boxes and there's a family here and there's a single person here and there's, you know what I mean? It's less of a interaction between everyone. Yeah. But with someone like yourself, your position in society should be, you know, this wise woman who's, produce something that for girls to read that's something to look up to and someone to respect and and someone for all of us to look up to but we don't live in those so if if we were all living in a community then you would be Megan the woman that does this and you would have this sort of status and position um I don't know it's 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 that disconnect isn't it it's the fact that we're all disconnected and so you don't get to you don't get to feel like you have a position in the community because we don't really have any communities so the only communities we do have are small families and small houses mhm i think that's true i mean i don't want to come across as feeling sorry for myself because i think that i do have status and i have a voice and i have yeah. a platform and i do value that and i ge- i really like my life you know like i <laughs> I have a good life. <laughs> I hope I didn't come across this. No, I, I mean, I was saying that. Saying that. <laughs> People really should pay attention to you, Megan, and stop ignoring you. <laughs> but you know what? It's, I think everybody offers a little bit of something. Um, it's just really, it's weird, isn't it, that we, that it is on this pivotal thing. Yeah. Birth to child, not birth to child. And let's face it, you don't even have to be a good mother to have that difference. You could be a real shitty, horrible tyrant of a parent. But you did it. Here it is. You did it. You're a mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and we get, I remember going to um, a friend's party and she had quite well to do friends. And one of them was a, it was a woman who was running one of these investment banks. So, and she was beautiful. And um, I heard her on three occasions being asked if she had children and why she didn't have children. Hmm. That's peculiar it is. because she had a better she had a better job than her husband. And how many times is he did he get asked if he had kids? Not at all, not at all. And I would imagine even if somebody said, "Do you have kids?" and he said no, they wouldn't go. Oh, why is that? How come you chose not to? Yeah. I mean, what's the answer to that? I really hate children. Yeah. <laughs> I always think people should say, I fucking hate children, and I want to stay youthful. <laughs> I sort of, I mean, I'll be like, I'm not that into kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> some of them are fine. Some of them, not that, I'm not that stoked on. I don't, I'm not that into babies. I just never have been. So I don't Maybe you need to respond with, I don't know. Why did you choose to? Yeah. Why did you choose to have children? I wanted to ask you um, 
well, more about feminism. So first of all, are you a feminist? Do you consider yourself a feminist? No. Not at all. Yeah. Did you ever, and you changed your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did, but I didn't invest in reading anything about feminism particularly. I I still understand, as we talked about the other day, I, I, I still understand that we live in a different world. Um, I then then men and my husband has a different daily life on the fact that he's a man than I do uh, in the way that the way that people react and interact with him but I just I find it not useful in the end I just I just thought a lot of the themes that go along with it a little bit dangerously close to identity politics uh, a lot of the policing just pissed me off. The fact that, and, and a lot of the women, a lot of the women in the movement. So, and I've not really read any feminism. I can't say that I earn any stripes of calling myself one. So I just thought, actually, I'm going to still believe the same things as I believed before. I'm just not going to call them feminist. Which I think is fine. And I mean... That's sort of something that I've been arguing recently is that I don't really care about the word. Um, I care about the beliefs and the policies and the laws. Um, I care about what people are advocating for in the real world, essentially. I don't really care about the identity or the label. Um, I just want to hear what people believe. And it's funny because, and I mean, that identity, that label is used against us. I mean, the amount of times that, you know, I've said, I mean, I'm, I'm very attached to authenticity that you can relate. So I feel really committed to being myself and not being phony and not faking. And so, you know, I'll say something honest, you know, even to friends and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about terrible things, although I say terrible things also, I'm sure, but like, you know, saying things like, uh, like I'm getting fat or something like that. And I obviously don't literally mean that I'm getting fat. I just mean I'm getting fat ish or fatter, but, or it's just like expressing a worry Mm -hmm. about your body or your weight or expressing a worry about your face, like wrinkles and whatever it is. And, you know, I've had friends say like, how can you say that? You're a feminist. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I'm a feminist, so I don't worry about those things, or I don't care about how I look, or I'm not living in this culture, in this world, yeah. with the rest of you. As if you sort of say, I'm a feminist, and all of a sudden, all the things that have impacted you and your everyday suddenly just disappear. You suddenly don't want to look your best you suddenly never want to put mascara on again because you recognize that that's a social expectation so therefore i'm a feminist so i'm not going to do those things anymore it's um it's it just doesn't make any sense like uh i was in a drunken conversation and i said something about being lazy around the house so i'm quite lazy and my husband goes to work and <laughs> my husband goes to work and I should really do the housework. That's the very least I should do, right? Because he goes to work. I'm an adult. The kids are at school. There's not really any reason 
And I was saying to someone that I don't do the housework and, and they said, oh, well, that's because you're a woman and you should just tell him. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. He gets up, he leaves by seven in the morning. He's not home until six, maybe 6.30. I think in those hours, the very least an, another adult, able-bodied adult should do in the house is the housework. Oh, yeah, but that's just the way, you know, women are raised. I was like, no, it's because I'm an adult and he's an adult. And if I was working all day, I'd expect him to do the house. Um, and so in those ways as well, I think feminists, some feminists have just got these things quite wrong. And uh, the other stuff that's been pulled into feminism, so racism, um, intersectionality, uh, all those other things that feminism is supposed to also take care of, which I think is bullshit, uh, because Martin Luther King was a bloody sexist. No one said to him, well, you can't, you can't get civil you know, equality for um, black people in America because you're a sexist asshole. Um, you know, it, it's, it's all those other things that come into play. And it's, it's a weaponized thing. And, it, and what does it even mean these days? Because so many people call themselves feminists. Um, Beyonce on a stage bent over in pants with in a concert with a big word feminism behind her with her fully clothed husband in her handwreck coming up behind her and pretending to grind her ass. Um, she gets to use the word feminism too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, it doesn't seem to mean anything. Nobody knows what it means. And, you know, when you say that, when you say, well, nobody understands. Like, if I'm talking to a stranger in a bar and I say I'm a feminist, he doesn't have any fucking clue what that means. You know, he maybe read a couple things on the internet. So, for, for all I know, and probably likely, he thinks that being a feminist means, like, supporting sex workers i.e supporting mm. the sex industry um mm. you know obviously feminism should support prostituted women that's like a, a key thing is you know like supporting and advocating for women who are exploited and abused in the sex trade but i'm talking about that like third wave thing where it's like yeah supporting sex workers means actually advocating for the legalization of the sex trade and pretending that, you know, pimps and johns are totally fine, respectable, non-misogynist mm. men. Um, or, you know, he thinks that it's about supporting the transitioning of little girls to become boys. Um, or he thinks it's about these, like, sexualized, stupid, like, pinup photos that women like to share on Instagram so that they can get attention and followers, you know, like that mm. it just doesn't, just say what you mean, like just tell somebody what you think like It's weird though, isn't it? That the, all the ways in which feminism is co-opted I wonder if that's you know, it's not been useful this kind of whole struggle against transactivism has really shone a light on feminism because feminists are supposed to be the forefront of the fight back, even though loads of people are saying, where are the feminists? The people that would never listen to a feminist. People like Matt Walsh on Twitter going, one, the feminists up in arms. And you're like, as if you've ever listened to a feminist, love. <laughs> or Ben Shapiro saying stuff like that. Or even Stephen Crowder. You know, they're all 
like where are the feminists you're like i'm sorry mate but you we've been shouting in the wilderness for a really long time and we've all been kicked off everywhere and apparently you didn't notice um so it's I wonder if that also has played a big role in why I don't call myself a feminist because the the spotlight of when feminist feminists became under the spotlight with this big fight back, which I think is is one of the big flashpoints. Now that's not to say that sex work and domestic violence and all those other things aren't really important. Um but it's it's not as in your face affecting everybody. There are still people that, no matter how many times you will tell them that prostituted women in the main have been sexually abused as children and are exploited and it has a terrible impact on society, there will still be people that think it's a choice. However, those same people will still not think that someone with a penis is a woman. And so it's a, it's a very different, this is a very different fight. This is a fight that most women who've heard about the fights are against. Yeah, and of course, if we can't even differentiate between men and women, and that doesn't mean anything, and there's no such thing as a man and no such thing as a woman, a woman, then we can't talk about those issues anyway. We can't mm. talk about prostitution as something that happens to women and that men do to women for the most part. Yeah. Um, do you think and... that's over, though? Do you think the world, do you think that the whole trans thing is it's going to be over or do you just think it's sleeping no I think it's just sleeping I sort of was thinking about this and I thought that I was like you know after all this like who who could say on Twitter you know I've been misgendered and that's literal violence and you're harming me or you know my cosmetic surgeries as a as a person who wants to transition to a woman so my my breast implants are just as important and just as critical and this is a health emergency just as mm -hmm. much as anyone else's medical surgeries are um and but then you know I see online this week all these arguments around that I'm not sure if you followed this, but the, the Karen meme and whether or not that's like a misogynist mm. meme. Yeah. And the response to that was just right back where we were a month ago. You know, all of these like woke social justice warriors pretending that this is like political commentary about race and saying that Karen is a cis woman and that the only women who would who would say that this is a sexed term a sexed meme and that it is denigrating to women i don't really care about the meme that much it's like make jokes about this woman online whatever but the the argument around it politicized it so i, mm. I did feel that i had to respond and sort of pay attention and it's like well, clearly this is a sex term yeah mm. it started well it actually, yeah, so Julie Bindle tweeted, just asking, is this, I think she asked, is this a misogynist term? Does it have to do with sex and class, essentially? And then some parody account tweeted that it was the same as the N-word, and then a whole bunch of people took that, ah. that tweet seriously and started saying, this is a meme that started in the black community to talk about racism and white women calling the cops on black men. And then a bunch of other people jumped on and said, you know, it's just, it's TERFs who are saying this and TERFs are all racist and that whole thing that those, that crew does all the time. And the whole thing was ridiculous. Um, but and Judy, Judy Binder got accused of being racist, which I thought was, you know, a little bit of justice. 
<laughs> I thought it was quite funny. I thought she was perfectly right, and the person who accused her of being racist has probably accused everybody of being racist. I would imagine she walks down the street, and if somebody doesn't smile, she's probably just racist. Um, but the yeah, the Karen thing, uh, I totally agreed with your piece on it. I just thought it's it it doesn't bother me that much to, to ever talk about it, but it does always make me a bit like, why the fuck are you using that when somebody uses it? And I, it doesn't. It's just, just not very nice. I just don't like it very much. It's. Uh, I feel the same when people put really gross pictures, like of her dogs being sick or something. It's like, well, I'm not going to have a big old thing about it, but it doesn't make me feel particularly comfortable. But the did you? Uh, there was a really good program on why women aren't getting COVID or aren't dying of the COVID virus. COVID-19 and it's to do with the fact that we have XX chromosomes and the reason that matters is because the X chromosome carries um, the, the repair so it's got the toolkit to repair flaws in our genetics so for example that's why women are less likely to be born with tongue tie that's why we're not so colorblind in fact we can be super color we can have super color uh, and we can see more color uh, some women, because what what will happen if you've got color blindness as a gene, then a, a female has two chances of correcting that color blindness. So if it's carried in one gene, the other gene, the other X will fix it. That's why we're not dying of uh, coronavirus. So that <laughs> that mm. kind of sorts out a little bit that biology is important. Um, if nothing else, although it was disappointing because on that program they did mention self-ID. This person was very careful to say all this sex stuff and use the word woman repeatedly. How dare he? Um, and biological sex and woman and female and gender. He used all of those things kind of inter uh, interchangeably to talk about women. Uh, but I didn't listen. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but apparently he does mention self-ID. But uh, I, my view on this COVID thing is some of the strongholds that the woke culture has got, which is our education, our health, our police, and so on, especially our education. When people are worried, when schools are worried whether or not those children have missed six months of education and they need them to get to a certain point to keep on targets and they need them to pass, we have GCSEs in this country at age 16 and then A-levels at 18 and then your degree. When you've got to get children through those really important milestones in their education, are you really going to be talking and worrying about whether or not you're a Stonewall champion or paying money for these awful companies to come into school and gaslight kids about trans? I just, I just don't, I think they will lose their footing in education. Right. Yeah. That's possible. I mean, the reality is that in in the in the next year and and more, we're going to have to be really focused on the economy. So we're not going to be able to focus so much on these stupid issues um, no. and these stupid arguments. So I just mean I think these people will still try. I don't think yeah. that these people will learn their lesson and be less narcissistic and ridiculous and attention seeking. Um, and mm. try to force their their little issue into every little crevice they possibly can. Um, I, I mean, I think the issue 
will like I do think we're coming out the other end of trans activism generally because people started to get really fed up and started to be more vocal about how silly it is and mocking mm. it and things like that. That's become more mainstream. A lot of these male comedians, again, who have no idea who any of the women are who've been talking about this for years and years and years and would like to pretend that they're the first ones to recognize that a man is not, in fact, a woman. Um, they drive me a bit crazy. But the fact that they're talking about it tells me that you know, that's, that's, that's bigger than just these individuals, you know, more and more yeah. people are seeing that this is stupid and that this is dangerous. The issue with men competing against women in sports was a really big one because people just could see how insane that was. Um, but I do, I mean, I think we're going to have to go through a generation or two to get rid of this, this, these swaths of coddled, people who are now you know somewhere between 20 and and 35 at this point and yeah. then you know the teenagers are sort of caught up in this also i think it's the millennials and generation gen z or whatever probably but to to get them out of this you know everything you feel is valid and you're so important and everything you do is okay all the time you should never be challenged you should never try to better yourself you know, like, if you want to lie around on the couch and, like, eat chips and, and be depressed, then that's good for mm. you. <laughs> like, you play those video mm. games all day. And then this this thing where it's, like, your personal identity and your 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 pronouns and your your gender um, are of pivotal, pivotal importance and other people should care about that. I think that it's going to take a while for that kind of attitude to die off. Mm. But I think they won't be recruiting <clears throat> as many people. <clears throat> Because those teenagers will be living in houses where their mum and dads are genuinely worried about about surviving and about keeping the house over their heads. And so there's not going to be that indulgent shit when a kid says something like, oh, I'm trans and then everything stops because mum and dad are not going to be able to stop. Because if they stop, they're not going to be able to afford to eat. So I think, um, I think in that regard... I think it kind of, if I was a theist, right, if I believed in God, I'd almost think this was like a plague of locusts. You know, this was, this was something sent down to reset the priorities of people in countries such as ours. I mean, clearly in impoverished countries, it's an absolutely devastating. Well, it is here as well. I think we're now talking about we'll have about 60,000 deaths. Um, so in places like India and places where poor people living practically on top of each other, I think it would be absolutely devastating. But um, I think the impact for celebrity, I think celebrity is looking less entertaining than before. Um, I think media stars that are created just out of nonsense and don't really deserve their status, I think that will be knocked on its head a little bit. Maybe we'll just have people that are well-known for actually doing something talented or worthwhile or entertaining yeah but it will um sorry no carry on oh i was just gonna say i think that this the way that celebrities have behaved during all of this during the pandemic um and in response to covid has made them all look so ridiculous because they continue Mm. to think that they're 
they're relevant and they're not relevant <laughs> and nobody cares no. what they think it's like them posting their little videos and their faces all over instagram sending out some important message that isn't important at all and really is just n more narcissism like how do i insert myself like what if people forget about me and it's like you're not important you're not important no who wants to see someone in a bloody mansion saying we're all in this together yeah we're not though are we <laughs> no really i mean i'm i'm in comparison to some people where i live is is like palatial i mean it's not really and it's england so it's always going to be quite small but i'm here in my office which is away from my house like it's in my driveway and so i've got this office in my driveway and then we've got a really nice big garden and my kids have all got their own room and then we've got like a playroom and then we've got, you know, there's just somewhere for us to exist in the house without being on top of each other. And that's really luxurious. Um, I watched a girl the other day, though, that did my lockdown routine. And she was she wasn't totally stunning. She was quite a good looking girl, but she wasn't sexy. And that wasn't the point of the video at all. It wasn't sort of weird, but she <laughs> she had a shower and she filmed herself in the shower to sort of shoulder up. And she talked about the face scrub she was using. I mean, she spent three minutes on giving herself normal plaques. That was part of her. It had been watched 413,000 times. <laughs> and it was just her going, my COVID routine. And then she's like, and I did my nails myself. So I'm not really going to go through that again because I've already done my nails. So I use this hand cream, and <laughs> she's going. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was a twelve minute video, and she at that point, and it was a day old, and she'd had over you know four hundred thirteen thousand views. And I just thought, shall I do one? <laughs> shall I do a? This is what I do. Kids breakfast. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what we should get on. Maybe we should start. I should start videoing my nighttime skincare routines and like you know videoing myself like sitting on the couch with my dog for hours on end while I'm that was part typing. of her video was watching tv was part of the video and then I'll sit down and I'll I'll watch some tv yeah I guess I mean I was I just to quickly go back to the the Karen thing I, I d w wanted to clarify that I mean I do think it's sexist because I do think that it intentionally dismisses women and then things that intentionally dismiss women today things that are obviously sexist um that make fun of women that make women's concerns seem stupid um those are always defended in terms of race or sometimes of the gender identity issue and often both mm. those are conflated so much these days for some reason that makes zero sense because they have nothing to do with one another um but it's like it, it's just such an it's such an easy thing to do to erase sex in favor of these other issues um and i mean i think it's so it's totally ridiculous that julie would be accused of racism because she's mm. not in any way racist and you know no. she's I, I see all these people the way that they were responding to her and talking about her online and it's like 
This is a woman who who's done decades of work in the feminist movement for women. She's done incredible journalism. She's done incredible work um, in terms of domestic violence and violence against women. And these people are just like she she asks a question about this, mm. um, and it's a fair question, and it and it's true, and it's true that this was this was a sexist meme, and it's like you're a racist, you don't understand, and it's just everybody's opportunity to prop themselves up as like politically righteous, and yeah, it's and well, nobody calls it out. I mean, how do you call? Yeah. I kind of I tried to call it out, and I was like, when I wrote that, when I wrote my article, I was like, eh, I'm gonna get canceled again because I said several things in there, and I'm just trying to tell the truth, and I'm trying to be honest. Yeah, this is bullshit. This isn't about race. Like, stop. Well, even if the origins of that had been race, which I don't think they were, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. I know, like, the Becky thing I don't particularly like either. I think any way that you use, like, a regular woman's name, like Karen and Becky are regular women. I went to school with Karen and Becky, you know, lots of Karens and lots of Beckys um, and Julies and Janes. You know, it wasn't picking a, a name like Victoria, which would be uh, a more sort of a right across the board name you know it's much more middle class the name victoria than becky or karen and so it absolutely was a classist uh, sexist thing um and i oh i don't know i just i think judy bindle should have should have basically told that person to fuck off that's what i think she should have done yeah, she should have just so said too. oh fuck off i'm not racist but instead of that one of the academics uh, said that Julie had been re-educated. I mean, the language of that is just grotesque. Now, I've had my issues with Julie Bindle, and that's that she's attacked me personally on numerous occasions. And I still don't think that... I can't pretend that I didn't find it mildly amusing that she'd been accused of racism, because she frequently does that to me. But I just think the level of disrespect that was shown to her and her work by somebody just using that as a go-to to call her racist, I thought that was quite repulsive. And, yeah. you know, despite my personal feelings about Judy Bindle, I still don't think that somebody who's got her body of work deserves that sort of uh, disrespect. It is repulsive, and it's not... At this point in my life, I'm not. I am not going to put up with that shit. If somebody wants to call me racist, and it's like, no, I'm not. Shut up. Like, shut up. Mm. But I'm not playing that game. But, no. um, but it's you know, too many people go along with it. Too many, mm. too many women go along with it when they should be standing up and being it's like, oh, stop, it? stop this. Like, no. But it's frightening because if you stand up for someone who say they're not racist, which has happened a lot to people who said she. Posey is not racist then they're instantly accused of being racist right I mean what I used to, what I used to do when people call me racist is I'd say well everyone says you're a pedophile and they'd be like nobody says that I'm not a pedophile and I said well everyone says it so <laughs> I mean maybe I should just tell everyone that everyone says that you're a pedophile and they sort of they can't then they think that I'm just being <laughs> Someone, I did it once, and this person happened to be a lesbian. They were like, oh, so now you think lesbians are pedophiles? I was like, no, just you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So if, what can you say when someone says you're racist? What can you say? I've got black friends. I've no. done activism against uh, racism. What, I mean, what can you, you can't say anything? No, I mean that's those kinds of accusations. I mean that's what they're for. That's why you would accuse somebody of something like that because you know how do you defend yourself? But I'm not. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like prove it. It's like no, you prove it. You're the one saying it. You prove it. And it's like, I don't have to. Nobody has to prove anything. We're just allowed to make all sorts of wild accusations. If you're even asking, it's because you're so racist. If you don't even know what you've done that's racist, it's because you're so racist. You should educate yourself. Yeah. So why do people call you, like, white supremacist and Nazi adjacent and all of those things. I mean, are you are you a Nazi, Posey? Mm, only on a Friday. So I've got a couple of days. That's, like, Am only I... one day out of seven a week, so well, not too bad. Well, I think that's fair enough. Um, and I, I don't murder anyone. I, I just shape, shout racist things at people. Right. Um well, I did go on that Nazi <laughs> channel. I don't know that who was, that who is that. I don't like. I remember I vaguely John hearing about this, but Francois I have no idea who this person is. John Francois. I think he's Canadian. Garepi. So this person wrote to me who had an this assistant wrote to me and gave me a link of this guy, and so I looked on the this guy's stuff. And I didn't see anything that didn't make him look like a disgruntled lefty. And I listened to one thing with an evolutionary biologist, because I thought that would be interesting. And it was really boring. But he had 47,000 subscribers. I probably had 4,000. And I thought, well, he's Canadian. And he'd had Lindsay Shepherd on. That was my main thing that I thought, well, she's been on there and she's Canadian. So he can't be that bad. He must be all right. So I'm going to go on his thing. And... uh, uh, as we're in the the holding bit before you go live in Google Hangouts, I said to him something about being a Nazi. I um something like, "Oh, here we go. Both of us, are, you'll be a Nazi now. Both of us, a couple of Nazis, because I've been accused of being a Nazi." Little did I know, he actually was a little bit of a Nazi. So I'm making this joke. And so he might have thought prior to going, well, she knows my views and she's still coming on. Anyway, and he didn't mention anything about race. He did sort of say something homophobic. So I made it very clear that I thought anybody that really cared about who anybody else had sex with was peculiar because it was nobody's business. And I thought it was weird to ever really care about that sort of thing. Um, And then as soon as I got off, (laughs) <laughs> apparently I can't remember whether it was at the beginning or the end but when I was off the thing they all started talking about how whether or not I was Jewish whether I looked like a Jew and wow. other sort of words associated that weren't very nice and uh, yeah so then the next day everyone's like oh my god she's been on with a white nationalist I was like what? So that's one thing. Then there was the other thing where Rosa Friedman scoured the internet to find a picture of me with a man who dived in for a photo called Hans, someone who is part of a Norwegian far-right party or runs a Norwegian far-right party, but apparently is a Holocaust denier. Um, Norwegian friends who I was with didn't recognize him, so he couldn't have been that well-known. And he just leaned in for a picture. 
So that's another thing. The other thing was the podcast I did with you where Jean Hatchett released the blog saying that I'd said all these wonderful things about Tommy Robinson, which wasn't true. So it's all little things. And I think there's about six tweets where if you really wanted to see me as racist, you could kind of pull a bit like Julie Bindle's thing saying that about Karen was classist and sexist, that then she was accused of being racist. So I've made very similar sort of things where they weren't overt in any way. In fact, they weren't racist because I know that whether or not I'm racist. Um, and they've been construed maliciously and um, not and dishonestly been been construed as racist. Because if you want to see racism in a critique of Islam, then you can, can't you? Right. And I guess, I mean, the, the Tommy Robinson thing is annoying because I remember what you said in that interview, which was basically that you just wanted to figure it out for yourself. And you're not mm. supposed to do that. You're supposed to listen to what other people tell you. So if somebody says, you know, I don't, I didn't know who Tommy Robinson was also when I interviewed about that because apparently I don't pay any attention to the far right in the UK at all. And now I sort of... I don't even know if he is far right. He's like an... This is what I'm told. I, I really don't know very much about him at all. I don't know enough. Right. I don't know anything about him. And if you try and find out why he's accused of what he's accused of, and then try and find out what's behind that and if it's true, you can't find out. Right. Um, and it, it's quite weird because he seems, I mean, maybe he doesn't anymore, actually, but he seemed to occupy a position of status and power in this country, uh, according to people that opposed him, that I just didn't feel he deserved. He wasn't particularly charismatic. He didn't particularly have a very large following. Um, he's not very articulate. Uh, he didn't really make it in the news or the mainstream, except for being a bit of a yob. And so the way he'd been treated by our police and the media and all that I just found it just didn't quite add up that isn't to say that he isn't an odious and he might be a, a racist horrible nasty individual but I couldn't I wouldn't put a hundred pounds on the fact that he's a, a anything because you can't find out anything about him yeah. and so I think that's very interesting yeah it is interesting and I guess <clears throat> I'm sorry I had a cold like weeks ago and it's still sort of lingering um I I mean what it's just it's frustrating to me because even to say well I want to find out for myself that somehow aligns you with that person and you are you know if you if you Say that you don't hate a right-wing person, but also if you're just not going to go along with whatever it is that you're supposed to say, which is so-and-so mm -hmm. is evil or a Nazi or a white supremacist or a racist or a misogynist, um, that you're aligning yourself with them. And, mm -hmm. I mean, you've been accused of that many times. I've been accused of that many mm -hmm. times. You know, it's like I'm in a photo with somebody that somebody else doesn't like and therefore I'm signing on to all of their opinions and political views yeah. and like 
it's, it's just... and if if you go along with the fear, then they've achieved whatever it is they want. And I just I'm not going to do it. I I just I made a decision a really long time ago that people can dislike me. It doesn't really bother me, but it's not going to change what I do. You know, I've I've now got a number of subscribers on my YouTube. And I know that some of those men really don't want to hear about any feminist ideas at all. They don't want to hear about women. Uh, they don't want to hear what I have to say about men. And I have to be really careful that I don't start changing what I say to suit the people in front of me. Because if it means that instead of um, the subscribers I've got, I've got half of them, then, you know, so be it. And I, I think I was... I was in a situation quite recently and somebody was really good friends with someone who didn't like someone else and everyone was getting a photo taken and this and this person who I really like a lot dived out of the photo because she thought it might upset her friend so she dived out of this photo away from somebody uh, and I could in a real panic and I just thought that's just crazy. What? That's crazy behaviour. I would never do that, because often if somebody doesn't like somebody else, unless they're really awful, I just couldn't be that bothered when I'm in a situation with someone else. Uh, but if somebody had really offended me or my friend, then I would. I'd rather have a confrontation with that person if I felt it warranted that behaviour or nothing. Yeah, totally. Me too. How much of a how much of a free speecher are you? Is there anything that's sort of off the table for you in terms of language or terms or words or anything? No, I like to think I'm an absolutist, but I've yet to have that really tested. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Brendan, who we both know, is a free speech absolutist. I'm. I think with porn, for example, um, I think it should be very, very difficult to get hold of. I don't necessarily think we should completely ban it because I don't think we can, and I don't know if that would solve the issue. But I do think that we maybe ought to have new restrictions. Like, I, if, I, if I'm Coca-Cola, I can stop anybody from knowing what the recipe is for Coca-Cola, right? That is a thing that I can do. And I can put blocks on the internet. And if the police don't want to know something, I won't know about it. If the government want to hide secrets, they can hide secrets. I don't think it's that difficult to stop people accessing free porn online. I think there are there are definitely ways that there isn't the impetus to stop kids being able to access it. And there's only malevolent, nasty reasons as to why children can find porn, and that's to benefit the porn industry. Um, so I'm a, I'm, I also think that you can be a free speech and freedom of expression absolutist and still think that porn is ultimately harmful and therefore you can go against the harm argument and the incitement argument and the, the, the damage it does to society as a whole, which is why you shouldn't, you know, people even who say that porn is okay, 
is watching beheadings okay? Is it all right to watch beheadings that are legal in some countries? Should should we be allowed to watch them here? And is it okay to sell videos of beheadings for profit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. It was really great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, I hope that one day we'll get to see each other again once. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I caught myself before saying things go back to normal. Um but obviously, once we're able to travel again and hold more controversial events, yeah. Well, I wonder. I wonder if, if I, I wonder if we'll need. Perhaps we'll all have to do virtual. Perhaps we ought to do a virtual event. Yeah, less fun, but we should Much do less that. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> really it's not the same. same. <laughs> yeah, I, I and who would I don't know. You need really high production values, and who the bloody hell would watch a virtual event? Ah, oh, it's all crazy. But it's been really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye.